to the Security Leadership Podcast. My name is Yaron Levy, my day job is a CISO, and I'm a member of the security community for more than 10 years. With me here is my co-host Jeff Snyder, who is an executive coach and security recruiter since 1997. Welcome, Jeff. Good morning. Jeff, here we are, episode three. We continue to receive a lot of great feedback from the community and also uh, requests for topics. So I guess uh, we are doing uh, something right. Several people expressed their interest to join us as guests. And we already have listeners in the US, Canada, and Israel. So uh, this is exciting and uh, we're making progress. Awesome. So I also want to express our gratitude to um, Adrian Sanabria who is an advocate at Thinks Applied Research, who sent us a really nice comment after listening to uh, our second uh, episode. And he said, my first impression, Jesus, another security podcast, another CISO podcast. My second impression, actually listening to it now, and it's not even going to discuss security stuff. The whole thing is going to be about relationship building. My final impression, I know so many people that need to listen to this. Thank you, Adrian. Thank you so much. I uh, really appreciate the feedback and the comment. That's why we are doing it. Uh, we would like to reach out to people and help the community at large. Again, thank you for everyone who is listening to our podcast. Please continue to share your thoughts with us. Like it, share it with others, and send us questions and help us grow and become better. So Jeff, last time we talked about your research into what businesses demand from their security leaders. We talked about effective communication, influencing, relationship building, and leadership. Let's dive further into the relationship building. What, what does it really mean? This is one of my favorite topics because uh, I see many, many, many technology gifted people who, for whatever reason, they're just not so gifted when it comes to interacting with, playing nicely with, and building relationships with other people. So the, the end result of working with those people and helping them to develop an outlook that includes other people, an approach to getting things done that starts with other people is absolutely game-changing. So this is something I think we hear a lot about within the security space that as a security leader, it is so critical to develop those relationships with the business. How do you do that? Like, like, what do you need in order to be able to do that? I'm going to start here, the same place that I've started with everything else. And that is with self-awareness. Some people are absolutely gifted to build deep, meaningful, authentic relationships. Some people are gifted to to build acquaintances. Um, There there are people who, quite frankly, have never met a stranger. They can walk down the street. Well, in times unlike these where you might be wearing a mask, they can walk down the street and they can start a conversation with anybody. 
that person in the security profession is far more rare than the person who, who, who is more analytical and sort of keeps to themselves. So are you telling me that I need to be a schmoozer in order to be a good security practitioner? I am absolutely not telling you that. Um, if you happen to have that gift, then in more cases than not, you might belong on the vendor side of security, and you may belong in a sales or, or business development capacity. Now, what I'm suggesting is anybody can build relationships. For some people, it takes more intention than it does other people. Some people are more inclined by their DNA to want to reach out and get to know somebody else. Some people are far more inclined to want to close the door, sit in front of their computer, and do left-brain high IQ activities. So no, I'm, I'm not telling you that, that by any means, everybody needs to be able to stand on a stage and get in front of a microphone, inspire and enlighten people. What I'm telling you is, if you wanna get things done in your personal life, in your business life, in your technology groups, you're gonna get a whole lot further if you're doing it with other people than when you're constantly trying to do it all by yourself. You know, there's, a, there's an old African proverb that says, if you want to go fast, go alone. But if you want to go far, go together. And I absolutely love that because, you know, my experience throughout my career was it's all about the team. And, you know, the different skills each and every one of us bring to the table what allows us to complement each other and actually, you know, go further than we ever been before. So what are those skills that you need to have to, to build relationships? Well, I'm going to go back to Clifton Strengths. In Clifton Strengths, there are strategic thinking themes. Those themes are, are uh, traits. And when they become strengths, they're happening inside of someone's head. There are executing themes. Those are the themes that allow someone to get things done. There are influencing themes. Those are the themes that allow people to influence other people. And if they really want to take that to the very, very top level, those are the themes that make it possible to inspire other people. In my opinion and my experience, if you don't first start with relationship building themes, you're gonna have a very hard time inspiring other people to wanna to join you in whatever the mission is that you're, you're after. So in Clifton Strengths, if you've taken the assessment, they're the blue themes, the dark blue. Those are the themes that make it easiest for you to get out of what I call the I zone. That's the zone where we tend to focus and concentrate on ourselves in order to jump over to the we zone. If you are leading, guiding, managing, or trying to inspire other people, and you are doing it from the I zone, you will not get excellent results. When you jump over to the we zone, and all of your intention is to start with 
let's build relationships before I try to inspire people. Let me build relationships before I try to get people to achieve or to execute something. You will have radically different results. So you spoke earlier about deep, authentic, meaningful relationships. How do you do that in a, in a work setting? You know, sometimes at work, people tend to talk about, hey, you know, I, I separate my personal life from my professional life. I'm just here to do my work. I'm not here to make any friends. So, you know, tell me what I need to do. I'll do my job. Kind of leave me alone type of thing. How do you do that? I mean, how do you develop deep, authentic, meaningful relationship with people even without, quote unquote, getting under their skin or, or getting into their lives? Well, first and foremost, it's an intentional decision to be curious about another human being. When you're curious about another human being, you care about what they care about. So it requires some empathy. Empathy is the ability to understand what's going on in someone else's world and figuratively step into their shoes. Well, if you're if you're all about I, you won't even consider stepping into someone else's shoes. Most of the time, all someone else needs in order to start getting to know you and ultimately to get to the pinnacle, which I think is trusting you, is they need to know that you understand and care about what matters to them, not just what matters to you. Which I think is a great point. Because when you think about a business and, and you know, when you think about from a security leadership perspective, oftentimes, you know, we tend to come to the business, we see all the problems, uh, we see all the challenges, you know, we have so many systems, we have flat networks, systems are not patched, we have all the adversaries, we have all the threats. So we immediately jump into like, okay, we know what the solution is. And I think a lot of us are facing resistance because oftentimes maybe the business doesn't really understand why. Yeah, they know they need to be secure. Yes, they know they need to be compliant. And they're always trying to determine, okay, are we investing too much in security? Are we doing too much? Is that becoming more restrictive to our business or not? So I really like what you said about putting yourself in their shoes and understanding what's important to them. And I think that's one of the keys um, for, for building an effective security practice is, is before jumping into, you know, and start securing the organization, understand, like you said, what's important to them. Yes, there are always going to be, I mean, those, you know, fires that you have to fight. And there's always those, you know, challenges that you see everywhere and all the technical debt that you see that was built over many, many years probably start jumping head first, fixing everything, probably not the most effective way to do it. Do you agree? Completely agree. If you start with a relationship, here's what you can get when you, when you put effort into a relationship. You can discover what it is exactly that each person in your audience cares about 
and what they value. So if it's on a personal level at home, you could find out what each of your kids cares about and values. And you can either choose to make that your business or not. If it's on the job, you're talking to a line of business owner on the other side of the company, down the hall, up, up the next floor, different department. You don't have to know anything about marketing, for example. I mean, you may have gone to engineering school. You never stepped in the business school. You don't know what marketing is all about. All you have to do is be curious enough about that other person's world, ask curiosity-driven questions, and be open to learning whatever they're willing to put on the table. You don't necessarily have to like what you hear. You don't have to agree with what you hear. But take the time to acknowledge what you hear. That's what most people need. They simply need to be heard and understood and acknowledged. You can only do that when you're listening. You can't do that when you're always talking. Give me an example of how do you acknowledge the other person? Uh, I've been doing this for 30 years. I, I ask someone a question. I listen. I let them talk as long as they want to talk. Quite frankly, the longer they talk, the more information I pick up. And before I start talking or telling them what the answer is from my perspective or telling them what we're going to do next, uh, I, I will frequently paraphrase what I just heard. In fact, I, I did this the other day, and the person's reaction to me was, oh, my gosh, it, it, it sounds like you've been walking around with me like a bug on the wall. That's exactly what I'm experiencing. Well, prior to listening to them, I didn't know anything about what they were experiencing, but I listened very, very carefully, and I purposely didn't repeat exactly what they said. I, I rephrased and paraphrased, and, and at the end, I was willing to say, is that what you're trying to tell me? To give them a chance to correct me if I'm wrong. But if that's what they were trying to tell me, uh, boy, that just puts a smile on that person's face. They know they've been heard. They know they've been understood. They know they've been, been actively listened to. So that sounds like a great thing to do even before you take the job, even, before, even when you're interviewing for the job. They're telling you what they're looking for. That's not a great way to do it. Sure it is. Absolutely. I, I, I think people go to interviews and they get all worked up about answering questions and being ready to say the right things. But I wonder how many people go to an interview being ready to ask the right questions and intensely listen to the feedback that they receive while they're interviewing. A friend of mine once said that, you know, if you go to an interview and you actually get the interviewer, to talk more than you do, you're actually doing something good. I've seen that for 30 years. Absolutely. So. Look, people, people, human beings, people like to talk about themselves, whether they're introverted, extroverted, on a stage, whatever. It's just a human thing. 
so if you if you go to uh, another part of the company and you're you're talking to someone whose whose business you need to actually figure out how to secure, instead of you telling them what needs to be secured, even if you know they're going to be wrong, ask them what do you value. What could you not live without if it was gone tomorrow? And find out what they think they need to secure. They may not be 100% correct, but you may learn something. And the first thing you're going to do is you're going to start building a relationship. That person's going to realize, hey, when this, when this person comes to see me, they're not just going to come tell me what to do. They're not going to bark out orders. They're going to engage and they're going to want to know about what's going on here that matters to us. That makes a whole lot of difference. So how do you know that you made it? What is like the level or, or the highest level of relationship building that you aspire to get to? I believe that the pinnacle of all relationships is when someone thinks of me or you, or somebody else, as a trusted advisor. What does that mean? That means that when they look at you, there's a, there's a deep, meaningful, authentic, trusting relationship. Until you build that deep, meaningful, authentic relationship, you're going to have a very, very difficult time reaching that level of trust that I'm talking about. Evidence that you have reached that level is when somebody is coming to you as opposed to you having to push yourself on them. So some security professionals that, that I know, uh, they are busy beyond belief because they've done such a great job of building relationships, people are constantly inviting them to their, their meetings, to their parties, so to speak. There are other security professionals, and I know this because I ask, who don't get a lot of invitations. In fact, people probably go out of their way to avoid them. What's the difference? The difference isn't IQ. The difference is the first person invested intentionally in building relationships, and the second person probably spent a lot more time behind a closed door. Which is very interesting because if you think about that, if you look at like you know job descriptions, um, you know for CISOs, for security leaders, for leaders in general, I don't think I've ever seen any leader was given a goal to become a trusted advisor. Usually most of the goals are very operational in nature. They are measured by, you know, financial numbers or by some other, you know, key performance indicators or whatnot. But I don't think I've ever seen anybody asking or putting a goal out there to become a trusted advisor. All I can tell you is trusted advisor landed on the proprietary research word cloud I created. And the way it got there is it showed up on job descriptions. So there are some companies 
that are thinking in the realm of uh, this person that we're going to hire. We need for them to have exceptional relationship building skills because they want that person to function at the level of a trusted advisor. Uh, that, that is a very, very rare person to come across in any profession. Most people don't understand relationship building to that level. Which I think it's a great point. I think, you know, when, when you look at some of the requirements and we're hiring leaders, you rarely see requirements around relationships. You know, you're asking for somebody with a degree. You're asking for somebody with a certificate. You're asking for somebody with experience in a certain, um, in a certain domain or certain area. You rarely see people asking for somebody with great relationships or, or relationship building skills. We may be onto something here that I would be very interested, I mean, to hear back from the community about their experience. How did they do that? Like, how do they do it uh, in their day job? And what did it look like to them building those relationships? And what were their stories, their success stories or, or failure stories? But what, what can we learn from those? So um, with that, I mean, we got to the uh, end of our episode here today. We could probably spend, I don't know, a few more hours just going to talk about relationship building. But I think we cannot stress enough that that's probably one of the more rare skills or one of the more rare traits that, um, you know, we should ask and we should demand from our leaders. So, Jeff, thank you so much. I think uh, we are going to have uh, some, definitely some more conversations and more questions uh, about this topic. And um, I'm also excited to say that for our next episode, we potentially are going to have a guest, right? I believe so. Good. That's all for next time. I'll see you then. Can't wait. See you next time. Bye-bye.